Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, welcome to Hollywood Crime Scene. This is Rachel Fisher. Hi, this is Desi Jettikin. Hey, Des. Hey. So we have like a few weeks of Patreon shout outs to give. Okay. Because we didn't do them on our last episode. Right. So let's start out by thanking the wonderful people who contributed to the show these past couple weeks. Uh, We have Brooke, Sylvia, Louise, Ashley, Lori, Bridget, Paige, Jordan, Laura, Cindy, Amy, Ebony, Kay, Kristen, Eileen, Emily, Jamie, Nancy, Justin, Jen, Shauna, or Shana. Please correct me if I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. I think it's Shana. Yeah. Okay. That's just my guess. I could be wrong. Haliyama, Laura, Aria, Lisa, Joanna, Mary, Brian, Jessica, and Christine. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you so much. And if you want to donate, become a patron, there's like 80 or maybe 90 now episodes of bonus content. There's a lot of There's a lot. Yeah. So you can have like hours and hours and hours of fun. (laughs) You know what? Some of our bonus episodes really are like... It's a shame they're not main episodes. They're that good. Yeah. So you can join at um, patreon.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. Uh, there's a few levels you can do. Um, so yeah, check it out. Cool. Yeah. So Desi. What we got? Yeah. Well, this week we are going to be talking about uh, someone who became known as the Lonely Hearts Killer. Now, the Lonely Hearts Killer moniker is similar, I would say to that of like a freeway killer moniker and that he's not the only guy who got called the Lonely Hearts Killer. And in fact, Romy, (laughs) it's going to be okay. Look, the cat is a little upset right now because Brendan's been gone working in New York for like the past couple weeks. So she's... She's antsy. She's really antsy without her dad here. So He had another name too, right? The Lonely Hearts Killer? Yes, he did. And I figured I actually might want to title that episode... uh, what he was also called, which is the Glamour Girl Slayer. Yeah. I think that's more catchy, and I think because, well, you'll it's see. It's more unique, too. It's a little more unique, because yeah. there were other Lonely Hearts killers. But the man we are going to be talking about today is a man named Harvey Glattman. And Harvey Glattman was born December 10th, 1927, in the Bronx in New York City. His father, Albert, was a milliner and owned his own hat shop, and his mother, Ophelia, was a stay-at-home mom. Harvey was loved and adored by both of his parents. He did not have trouble at home from his parents. He was showered with affection and had a stable upbringing. But they did notice that something was off about their son from a very young age. Harvey was prone to mood swings and often had a sour, glum disposition. When Harvey was just four years old, his mother walked in on him engaging in some rather alarming behavior. 
he had tied a string to his penis and had tied the other end of the string to a drawer. And <laughs> I'm like, was he pulling a tooth out? Like <laughs> That's sort of what he was doing. Well, he wasn't like slamming the door shut. At four? At four. Okay. This is a very advanced move at four years old. I'm thinking, yes. It's I mean. Very advanced. Like, I don't even know where you. Can you even imagine walking in on that? Well, not only was he had his string connected to the, from the penis to the drawer, but he was leaning back. So he was like stretching his penis out. Oh, yeah. damn. Yeah. Four? At four. Shit. So obviously his mom was like, uh, I, we're going to need to talk about this with our son. Yeah. He's like self-harming. They didn't know what to think, right. what he was doing. Um, so Harvey's dad dealt with this incident by giving him a very serious speech about the dangers of masturbation. Look, it was the 20s or the 30s. Right. Like, I don't know what they were thinking back then. But I mean, look, I'm sure some parents still do jump to that conclusion that masturbation is bad, which it is not. It is very healthy and normal. But what he was doing was like pretty out there for a four-year-old. Right. I think. That's beyond. Yeah. I've never heard of such a thing. I don't know. He, I I think like that also is like, I've heard that before with like kids who end up being killers, like they'll be self-harming their penis. Right. That's like self-harm. Yeah, like most kids will just like rub, like they don't even know what's happening. They're like, that feels good or right. whatever. It's but this like was like more, another level. Yeah, because that's like an intentional thing. It's not like, oh, whenever I rub against the sofa pillow, that feels good or something yeah. like that. Or whenever I slide down the banister. <laughs> I know that's a thing that me and Rachel both like to do. <laughs> oh, you remembered. <laughs> yeah, as kids, we were both like, I'll slide down. <laughs> I, yeah, I was like six years old humping the banister with my best friend, Lauren Mueller. And like, there would be people over at her house, like her parents would be like walking by and we just were like, Hey, what's up? Like, but we didn't know what was going on. No. We we're just like six years old. Like yeah. this feels good. I like that pressure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as long as it's, it's smooth and not no splinters. Right. right? <laughs> so, Harvey was a good student, and he always got good grades, but he was incredibly shy and definitely a loner. He much rather preferred to stay indoors than hang out with friends or play outside like the other kids his age. And he was also bullied for his looks. Kids made fun of his buck teeth and... Uh, That's a devastating combo. Big ears and buck teeth. Yeah. It's like Alfred E. Newman. Totally. So he was bullied for that. Kids are assholes. You know, but this was like a big part of his story is that like he was very upset about his looks. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. She's going to burn the house down. Dude, we're having technical difficulties, but it's with the cat. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Now, Harvey's favorite activity was masturbation. That's what he wanted to do. That's he didn't, his hobby. He, that was his hobby. He didn't want to like hang out with the other kids. He just wanted to like get, go to school, go straight home and <laughs> to give her some food or something. <laughs> At a young age, Harvey was already beginning to experiment with masochism and autoerotic asphyxiation. Wow. Yeah. Like I said, he was very advanced. He would often tie a rope around his neck and jerk off. And he was doing this at like 11. Damn. Where do you even learn about that at 11? That's like a pioneer. In like the 40s or the 30s, whenever this is like the 30s. That's the 30s, yeah. Yeah. Like there's no internet. People are like playing with uh, penny whistles and moon pies. Right. He's like (laughs) Michael Hutchins of like the 30s. (laughs) Jesus. Yeah. 
Now, Harvey and his family moved to Denver, Colorado just before he entered middle school. And when Harvey was 11, his parents grilled him about why he had a rope burn around his neck. <laughs> Jesus. They were concerned. Your son walks in. He has a ring around his neck. I mean, you're going to ask questions. Yeah. I mean, because what other excla- explanation could there be? That's probably the last thing they were thinking of. Oh, our son was just participating in some Clearly, little- it's autoerotic <laughs> asphyxiation. <laughs> like, that's not even a thing back then, probably. Right. Like, that's something you do privately, Right, like, but like if not at, all. at age eleven. No, but like I, they that wouldn't even be in their frame of reference, right? Like, that people do that, probably. Right. Like, Jesus. Uh, yeah. I and mean, nowadays we'd all be like, oh, excuse me, <laughs> <laughs> you cutting off your oxygen supply while you jerk off, son. <laughs> <laughs> now, son, let's have a talk son. about doing it safely. Yeah. What's your? <laughs> I don't even know. What do you have to? You're not supposed to do that alone, right? Like, you probably should have someone watching while you do that, right? Because there've been several deaths. Yes. From that. So anyway. It seems like sketchy. I mean, it probably would have been better if he did die. Just saying. Like, like knowing what's coming right. from him. Right. Well, you can be you can be mad at Desi now, but then get to the end of the episode and be like, wow, Desi was right. Exactly. Okay. Okay. So his parents were like, what's going on? And Harvey told them the truth. Oh, really? Yeah. He's like, I've been jerking off with a rope around my neck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he used those exact did words. Did he use more scientific language? Well, I was pleasuring myself, mom. <laughs> like, seriously. I like that this is, like, I, you have to keep reminding yourself that this is, like, the 30s. Like, I know. You're just like, bah, 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 bah. it's like, I mean, we all have this, like, idea of what that period was like. Yeah, it was like, like bah, bah. Yeah, yeah, obviously, it's like, bah, 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 bah. do de oh, do <laughs> Like, can you even imagine the horror? Because she's a stay-at-home mom, too. Yeah. So she's probably, like, always hearing this whacking sound like in the in the bedroom right and it's just like what do i do like i have to wait till my husband she's had a long day and she has to wait till her husband gets home because god forbid she talks to him about right. it right the like, husband has to be like you're a queer son yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not in this house i mean that's like a crazy i honestly i mean maybe it's more common with with boys who end up being crazy serial killers or whatever, but like that, that kind of sexual deviancy at such a young age. Yeah. It just seems like I'm trying to think of like the sexual things I did as a kid. Like, you know, how I'm you just do things saying with like, it's an advanced move. It's definitely advanced. That's what makes this interesting. Because that's actually a fetish for right. adults. It's like not it's a- not like rubbing up a banister, which I don't think adults do, but I'm right. going to slide down now just for old time's <laughs> sake. Do you know what I mean? Like that's something adults do now. It's not like, kid stuff and it's not weird that adults do it no it's like totally it's weird that a kid who doesn't have access to the internet is coming up with this stuff right like how would you know that it feels good to, to cut off your air supply right that's, that's like those weird are the questions me. that i have me too so i need to have a sit down with his parents <laughs> seriously they were obviously concerned so they consulted a doctor about their son's masturbation habits i mean that's embarrassing you like mom yeah. now the doctor knows yeah but they had to go to the doctor, which is like, I guess, the right move. And the doctor assured Mr. and Mrs. Glattman that their son was perfectly normal and was just going through a phase. Just his, really? Just Who's his, this doctor? Just this autoerotic asphyxiation I mean, the phase. masturbation is fine, whatever. Yeah. But that element to me is like, oh, well, right. that's a little that's weird. That's the riddle of the basket. Yeah. <laughs> that is. I'm shocked. <laughs> so by middle school, Harvey remained unpopular, and his acne that came did not help with oh, the ladies. God. Yeah, acne too. Now he has acne. He's got the 
the, the trifecta. trifecta of nerd, like no one wants to fuck me. <laughs> right. So he did not do well with the ladies. He also became deathly afraid of girls and women. Like he just was terrified of them, but also fascinated by them. Uh-huh. Now, at this time, he began breaking into homes and stealing items as trophies. He got a thrill out of this. Ugh, I assume this he, is a classic. I assume he took some underwear, too. Right. Like, that's just what I imagine things yeah. he took. One of the items he stole was a twenty six caliber handgun. Damn. And in high school, Harvey's crimes escalated. He would cruise around town in his car looking for random women. When he found one that he thought was hot, he would follow her home in his car. He would then break into her home and brandishing his gun, force her to do as she as he wished. Harvey bound and gagged the women and would jerk off next to them while he touched them. Harvey was very turned on by this control aspect. He liked controlling. How old is he here? He's like 16, 17. Damn. Yeah. And some of these women are like grown women. Yeah. Like in their 20s. That's quite an escalation. Like very Jesus much. Christ. Yeah. In May of 1945, when Harvey was 17, he was caught breaking into a home and was arrested. Police found rope and his gun on him. Harvey confessed to burglary, but he was not caught for the sexual assault. So he was just caught for that one break-in. Did they know something was going on, like women were being assaulted this way? Were were women reporting this stuff? Like, I, if they were reporting it, he wasn't caught for any of it. Right, okay. Now... Harvey was released on bail, and in June, while Harvey was awaiting trial, he decided to abduct a woman named Noreen Laurel. Harvey put her in his car and drove her to a secluded spot called Sunshine Canyon. <laughs> Sorry, just the name of that Sunshine is like horrific. Canyon. It's like only bad things happen in Sunshine Canyon. Like right. there's no way no. happiness is there. Right. It's just no it, way. It's a little grim. What a fucking piece of shit that he does this while he's on trial. Like this guy has no fucking oh. moral compass or like fear of anything no. at all. Total sociopath. Yeah. Jesus. Just wait, Desi. <clears throat> So Harvey bound Noreen with rope and touched her. He then drove her home. Oh. Like, that's all that happened there. Like, he fondled her and it was awful. Right. But he was like, okay, I'm taking you home now. Well, Noreen went to the police where she identified Harvey in a collection of mugshots because he had just had his mugshot taken. He had just been arrested. And Harvey was arrested and held without bail until his trial in November. Harvey was found guilty and sentenced to a year in Colorado State Prison, and he was released after eight months. Now, obviously, Harvey's parents were pretty concerned about their son. Do they ever move past concerned? (laughs) 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 Things seem different. Like, this doesn't seem normal. Right. (laughs) I'm beginning to think, like, there's something with the parents where they're just, like, they were giving him too much praise and like, do you know what I mean? Like putting him on a pedestal, like he got this Maybe like massive so. ego. I mean, clearly he seems like someone who was born evil. Yeah, I think it was more that, but also his parents were in denial about their son's right, behavior. And kind of maybe just doting on him too much. And then like when he did have these incidents, it was kind of like, okay, like let's get him. Yeah. I mean, we, they, we took him to the doctor. Like, right. I, don't know. I mean, they always did try and get him help when he was younger, like when he right. was still... It just might be the times where no one really knew what we know now. Right. Yeah. So Harvey was sent 
back to a psychiatrist who recommended that Harvey engage in some more normal social activities. So his parents enrolled him in a dance club. Now, I don't know. <laughs> this is this Christ. is like the 40s, so I don't know what the fuck that even means. He's like swing dancing. No, I but mean, I mean like what is a, dan- a dance club, enrolled in a dance club? Oh, I have no idea. Anyway. But Harvey's mother wanted her son to leave Denver and start over somewhere fresh. So he moved out of Denver and back to New York where he was born, where he got an apartment in Yonkers and a job as a repairman. But Harvey's... perfect. Yeah. I know. Let him into people's homes. Just let him in. It's like the worst job for this guy who has gotten arrested and went to jail for breaking and entering. This is why we need the internet, so we can search people. Right. (laughs) Oh, my repairman's Harvey Glattman. No, thank you. I don't think so. But Harvey's assaulting days were far from over. It turns out Harvey Glattman was still a creep. Yeah. You know, you can Mm -hmm. move the creep out of Denver. (laughs) Wherever you creep, there you creep. There you creep. (laughs) That's the Harvey Glattman story. In August of 1946... Harvey attacked a couple named Doris Thorne and Thomas Starrow. He threatened them with a gun and then tied them both up and began fondling Doris. The newspaper said that the gun was a toy gun. But Harvey failed to tie the knots on Thomas's ropes good enough, and he got himself free. And Thomas was able to chase Harvey off, and the couple went to the police. Afraid of being discovered, Harvey fled to Albany, Just five days later, Harvey accosted and robbed a nurse named Florence Hayden. Harvey tried to pull Florence into an alley, but she fought him off and screamed so much that he just, he ran away. This guy scares easily. Yeah. Like, he really does. Next, Harvey robbed two more women at gunpoint, Evelyn Burge and Beverly Goldstein, who managed to flee from Harvey before being hurt. But police were now on the hunt for a predator roaming the streets, and the newspapers called him the Phantom Bandit. Ooh. That is such a 40s name. Yeah. It's like, is it a, it could even be a hero. Right. right? <laughs> like he's ro- like a Robin Hood. Right. <laughs> well, you don't hear Phantom a lot anymore. It sounds like a, one of those serial like right. shows the from Phantom that Yeah, Bandit. the Phantom Bandit. Who knows? <laughs> who knows who he is? I mean, they made him sound way more badass. Yeah. Than he, I mean, he like it's unsuccessfully awful. robbed these peop- most of these people. He would like run off I mean, off luckily and get he is sort of unsuccessful. Yeah. Two days later, Harvey was caught and arrested. Like right after they print that he's the phantom bandit, they catch him basically. Ha ha. <laughs> Harvey was found with a toy gun, some rope, and a pocket knife. Oof. He pled guilty to second-degree robbery and was sentenced to five to ten years in jail. But because of his age, which was just 18, the judge believed that Harvey had a chance to be rehabilitated. Oh, God. Why? Harvey would end up spending less than three years in Sing Sing and was released on good behavior. Sing Sing is like the most 40s prison. (laughs) (laughs) Do people still go there? I honestly don't know, but I think so. I think they do. That name is just so, I don't know, of that time. It is. Harvey was ordered to go back to Denver as part of his parole, and he also had to get a job. So for a few years, Harvey appeared to straighten out and act a model citizen. And by 1956, he'd completed all of his parole requirements, and so he decided he was going to get a fresh start and move somewhere else. And that's when he decided he was going to move to Los Angeles, Mm. and he did in January of 1957. Harvey once again got a job working as a repairman. Uh, this guy just loves being in people's homes, yeah. clearly. Yeah. 
But he also posed as a fashion photographer, sometimes going by the name of Johnny Glenn. Ugh. <laughs> God, he's so awful. <laughs> I hate him. Even if he didn't kill people, I'd still hate him. <laughs> Harvey had taken up photography as a hobby in high school, and he decided that getting back into photography was the perfect way to get close to women. Ugh. Yeah. Now... He started hanging around modeling studios and just like kind of like, hey, I'm a fashion photographer. Can you Johnny imagine Glenn. seeing this creep hanging around? Just like so awful. Yeah. Ugh, and he would be worst. just like snapping pictures and like he was really getting off on just like taking pictures of women. Like that was sort of yeah. satisfying him yeah. for a while. This is like such a um, thing from a movie where it's like you see the creepy guy and then he's in his dark room with all of his photos. Like... <laughs> Drying like with the yeah. the, the totally. like, wa- like wash pin <laughs> yeah. clips or whatever. It's like peeping Tom. Yeah, totally. And he just like has them all up, and it's just like they're like upskirt or right. like their legs or their ankle or oh, something. It's just like yeah. the creepiest fucking thing ever. Right. Totally. A young model named Judith Dole caught the eye of Harvey. She was 19 years old and a recent divorcee who was modeling to make extra money to pay for her legal battles with her ex husband. That is like so hot to have that at 19 already, like a divorce. (laughs) Can you imagine being a divorcee at 19? Dude, I cannot. Like that is like, wow. And they have a kid together too. Really? Yeah. I mean, I guess it's just like back then. I guess so. But to already be like, I'm divorced. (laughs) (laughs) I always wanted to be like a divorcee. (laughs) With the accent on the E. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. It's very fancy. Well, because especially back then when it was like such a shameful thing, you're like, yeah, I'm fucking divorced. I'm I'm a divorced goods. Okay. Right. I think it's hotter than a fiance. Oh, absolutely. Totally. That's the only A I want to be. Because you don't know what's going to happen when you're a divorcee. The world is your oyster. I would never say I'm a fiance, but I would loudly proclaim I'm a divorcee. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Harvey got Judith's number from her agency and set up a shoot with her. I cannot believe it was just that easy Right. Like... You'd think they'd vet photographers that they use all the time, like... On the evening of August 1st, 1957, Harvey arrived to Judith's apartment. He looked inside and said, this isn't right. We better go back to my studio, which is at my apartment. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So he was like, I want to take pictures of you at my apartment. And she was like, um, she took one look at him and she was like, this guy's such a dweeb. She thought he was safe. Yeah. She thought that he was safe. So she's like, okay, let's go to your apartment. And when they got there... Harvey told Judith that he was going to tie her up because this was a job for a true crime magazine. Oh. And she was posing for the magazine. That's interesting. Yeah. Harvey instructed Judith to look scared like she was about to be raped. This is so creepy. Yeah. But Harvey pulled his gun out and spent the next several hours raping and tormenting Judith and taking pictures of her in suggestive (gasps) poses. Harvey then explained to Judith that he was going to drop her off somewhere very far away so that he could get a head start if she was going to call the police. See, he learned a thing or two now. Right. Harvey put her in the car and drove her 100 miles out of L.A. and into the desert. So they were close to Indio, which is past Palm Springs. Harvey then strangled Judith to death and posed her corpse, taking photos that he would save and enjoy later. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm the queen of starting a free trial offer and forgetting to cancel it, oftentimes being charged for months for something I'm not even using. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. With Rocket Money, I can see all of my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, I can cancel it with a tap. I never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. It's definitely saved me money and now I can use that money to waste on things I do want. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. That's rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. In March the following year, police began investigating the disappearance of 24-year-old mother of two, Shirley Ann Bridgeford. Shirley, who was a divorcee from Sun Valley, had gone on a date on March 7th with, with a man that she had met through a lonely hearts club, meaning that this was like an advertisement that you, like you register with this service and they advertise in the newspaper Okay. For personals. Like, hey, I'm looking, I'm single white female looking for a date. Now, the name of the man that she met up with through the ad introduced himself as George Williams. His name was discovered when a missing persons report was filed by Shirley's mother. A man by that name had registered at the club, but the address that he had given was turned turned out to be a non-existent address. Like, this address doesn't even exist. Which led investigators to believe, hey, George Williams is probably not this real name right. either. Yeah. Shirley's mother gave a description of the man who came to pick her daughter up for their date. She said that he was in his late 20s with glasses and that he spoke in an educated voice, but I don't think he seemed dressed well enough for a date. The man who took Shirley out on the date was, of course, not really named George Williams. It was Harvey Glattman who picked her up. After Shirley introduced Harvey to her family, they drove off in his car. Harvey then told her he wanted to skip going out dancing because he had a headache. Instead, he offered that they just take a drive and then go to dinner afterwards. Okay. They had dinner at the beach and then proceeded to head south. Harvey stopped the car at the base of the Vallecito Mountains near the Anza State Park, which is by San Diego. So they drove really far south. And then he pulled out his gun. He ordered Shirley to strip. After her clothes were off, Harvey raped her. He then tied her up with rope and photographed her. He did this until the morning because he said he wanted to get some shots in the light. What a creep. When he was done, he strangled Shirley and left the body at the site. 
In July of 1958, Harvey Glattman had found his next victim. He answered a classified ad in the LA Times for a woman who was looking for work as a model. Harvey showed up at the home of 24-year-old Rita Ruth Mercado, a model and dancer. Harvey raped and strangled Rita and left her body in the same area as he left Shirley, his previous victim. So he's left two bodies in this at this site. And the first body, Judith, he actually like buried in a shallow grave. But he didn't even bury these other women. He's like, the coyotes will get them. He just dumped them right there. Harvey's next attack would happen a few months later in October. On October 27, 1958, Harvey went down to the Diane Modeling Agency where he inquired about models to shoot. There he was set up with 28-year-old Lorraine Vigil. Lorraine was excited because this was going to be her first professional photo shoot. She was new to modeling and looking forward to meeting with the photographer who introduced himself as Frank Johnson. Lorraine got a phone call from the woman who got the job for her, a model who ran the agency named Joanne Arena. Joanne warned Lorraine about the photographer. Just be careful. He's a little creepy, she said. I mean... It sucks because it's like this was Lorraine's first professional job. Right. She didn't know what to expect, but yeah. she also was just so excited to get this booked on this yeah. job that she's like, it's okay, it's okay, I can handle it, like I can deal right. with it. I mean, yeah. So Harvey, picked Lor- so Harvey picked Lorraine up from her house downtown to go to his studio. And when she asked why they were driving in the wrong direction, he said that he was actually taking her to his studio in Anaheim. Now, Harvey's apartment, where his studio allegedly yeah. was, is actually not far from here. I looked it up. Oh. Yeah. It's, like, very close. <laughs> so it's in Hollywood. Somewhere. It's in Hollywood, uh-huh. yeah. So he picks Lorraine up downtown. He starts driving south, and she's like, okay. where are you going? And he's like, oh, we're going to my studio in Anaheim. But Harvey continued to speed down the freeway south of the Anaheim exit. Mm-hmm. That is, like, my worst nightmare. Yeah. Like, Someone passing the exit. <sighs> That's like, what's so scary when you're taking an Uber I know. or a Lyft or whatever. I know. It's like I'm always afraid like I'm going to be somewhere late at night in an Uber or a Lyft. I actually don't do Uber. I only do Lyft. But like I'm going to be in a Lyft and all of a sudden I'm be like, hey, 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 like stop. Well, sometimes they will just go a weird route because they're using a GPS or one of those ones that gives you the fastest route, even yeah. though it's weird. Like that did happen to me once. I wouldn't say I was scared, but it was like, I was like, oh, I better be alert right now. <laughs> like, right. do you know what I mean? Like, right. And it was just like a weirder route he took back because I knew how to get to where I was going. Yeah. Like, and they're speeding down the freeway and he's like going really fast too. Oof. He's going like way beyond the speed limit. So she's yelling at him like, where, oh, where are we yeah. going? And she's getting upset and angry. And Harvey is just like stone faced, not saying anything, which is so scary. And then Harvey swerved like across two lanes of traffic, like really dangerously and got off on an exit because Lorraine was yelling at him so much. He pulled off onto this like small road, like Mm -hmm. just like a more secluded area. Uh, But it was still highly visible of the freeway. It was just like Right. right off the freeway. And he demanded that Lorraine put her hands out so he could tie her up. She said no. Then Harvey took out his gun and Lorraine grabbed onto the muzzle. Damn. Yeah. Lorraine was like, no. You gotta. Yeah. I think. Yeah. She was not gonna. They're not, they don't have your best interest in heart. Like, no. She wasn't seriously. gonna go without a Once fight. Once you get tied up, that's scary. It's over. Yeah. So 
Harvey said to Lorraine, I'm an ex-con and I will kill you. I don't give a damn if I go to the gas chamber. And Lorraine went for the door and both her and Harvey went tumbling out of the car and onto the side of the road. Cars were whizzing by as the two struggled to gain control of each other. This is making my stomach hurt. (laughs) (laughs) And then the gun went off and it grazed Lorraine's leg. Then Lorraine bit Harvey's wrist and he screamed out in pain. And then she got a hold of the gun. (laughs) Lorraine. I know. Lorraine's my hero. And she pointed at Harvey. Oh. And waited until the police arrived. Damn. Yeah. That's so fucking scary. Yeah. Like, I have no... I'm not blaming women who don't do that or like having any judgment about that, but that must be so hard to do. Oh my in that God. Moment. Like, yeah, it makes sense to me that you would be petrified with fear. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, to be able to have that, like, it's almost like you're probably not even thinking. Like she said in, I read an interview with her after the fact and she said that she wasn't even thinking. She right. said the next thing I knew my hands were on the muzzle yeah. of the gun and police came. Harvey was arrested, and not long after being taken into custody, he confessed to the murders of Judith Dole, Shirley Ann Bridgeford, and and Ruth Rita Mercado. Harvey seemed proud of his work. He was described by the newspapers as being very boastful about it. Like, yeah, I killed them. This is a quote from Harvey. With each one, I did the same way. After I attacked them, I knew I had to kill them for they could identify me and identify my car. I would make them kneel down. With the gun on them, I would tie this five-foot piece of rope around their ankles. Then I would loop it around their neck, and then I would stand there and keep pulling until they stopped struggling. Harvey remarked about his third murder victim, Ruth Rita Mercado. I didn't want to kill her. She was the one that I really liked. Police searched Harvey's apartment where they found his collections of photos of his victims. So these are photos of them after they were dead and during during while he was... Yes. Did he kill them by strangulation? Yes, everyone was killed. And he was very proud that he killed them all with the exact same rope. Like he would take the rope and go. But he was like, that was something he was weirdly proud of. Like, and I use the same rope for everyone. Yeah, that's weird. They're like, okay. Who cares? Congratulations. (laughs) Uh, you piece of shit. And you can see these photos online. I'm probably not going to post them on our Instagram just because it's like, yeah. they're pretty horrific. Like, I mean, they're the women are still alive in the ones. Right, but it's still horrifying. It's horrifying. It's also gross it's to look totally at their gross. moments. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah. And I was surprised in, I was reading a lot of old newspaper articles for this. They just printed these large photos of all these women and really? tied up. It was awful. It, they were really not fun to look at. So, but you can find them easily online if that's, if you want to look at them. Next, Harvey led police to the locations of the bodies. Now, Judith Dole's body had already been found well before Harvey was arrested. Is that the one in Indio? Yes, that's the one in Indio. And after Harvey's confession, he went on to lead the police to the site where they were like, okay, he led us to the site. He's. Right. He did this, and then he led them to the location of the other two bodies where they found the bones of Shirley Ann Bridgeford and Ruth Rita Mercado at the Anza State Park location. Afterwards, police took Harvey back to the jail where he got a bath and dinner. This is how you know this is a white guy, because they gave him a pretty good dinner. 
back at the jail. I was pretty surprised at this, oh, but really? this was reported in the newspaper, the dinner they gave him. This seems like a lot of food. He ate frankfurters, corn, mashed potatoes, French apple pie, and a gelatin dessert. How did this motherfucker get two desserts? Yeah. French apple pie, like the gelatin, fine, whatever. That right. seems common. Right, like right. French apple. That's like, like extra fancy. Uh, weird. Yeah, totally weird. They said that he wolfed it down as if he hadn't eaten in weeks. The LA Times went on to interview the woman who uh, got Lorraine Vigil the modeling job with Harvey. Remember that woman yeah. who called her and warned her? Yeah. Uh, Joanne Arena, that was her name. Harvey had been pursuing Joanne. He wanted to take her picture and she agreed and they did a photo shoot together. But the next time he came around, he insisted that they do a shoot alone at his house. And he was so persistent about it and she said no. Not unless she could bring a chaperone with her. And Harvey was like, no, I need you to come alone. And that's when she was like, "Uh, absolutely not. But I found this so surprising that she just like let Lorraine... Right. I mean, she warned her, but I don't think quite enough. Right? No, like, no, she didn't tell her the full story or she wasn't like when this guy came around to the agency, she wasn't like, get the fuck out of here. Right. I'm not recommending you anymore. Right. Or if she did, it would be, she should say, you should bring a chaperone. Right. I, I don't right. Know. That's weird. I thought that was really weird. Um, the interview with her was interesting because the other thing that they kept mentioning in the paper was that she had her. She was holding a white kitten in her arms while they were what? <laughs> yeah. Okay, kept, now I like her, dude. They kept, <laughs> they kept talking about the cat in this piece. I mean, I think they. The only thing to think is like we have such a vast knowledge now. Like back then, you probably never think, "Oh, you're going to get raped and murdered." Like you, at the worst, you think, "Oh, he's kind of a weirdo." Like, right? It wasn't like a safety thing. I don't know. Like, yeah, maybe maybe the boundaries. I just feel were like less- nowadays we're like. Never, you know, we right. know things now. We know the Maybe horrible so, things. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't mean, because that seems weird. So, every single. Oh, another thing I wanted to mention about that they didn't even have the word for serial killer yet. Yeah. At this point. They, and every, I mean, serial killer wasn't coined, I don't think, until the 70s. Right. I think mostly back then it was like thrill killers. Yes. Like, yeah. They called him the sex slayer. Ooh. That's what they. Ugh. Yeah, they were like sex slayer, you know, led led police to the bodies. Like that I was don't every like headline. Slayer because it sounds too like badass. Like <laughs> Slayer, I feel like when I hear Slayer, I imagine like someone killing someone with a knife. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Maybe it's like because of Buffy. Yeah, right? maybe she's like stabbing vampires or something. <laughs> like Yeah, Slayer does seem like a knife too. It I don't seems know like why. a knife kill. But I also just I don't it's like, I do get why you want to have this catchy name for these people, but for some reason, I kind of also hate it when it's too badass. Do you know what yeah, I mean? I because, feel like it should be like, this guy's a creep. Like, it right, needs this to illustrate that. Yeah. Well, they did, the newspapers did, this is the funny thing about old newspapers, is like, they just do not give a fuck when they're talking about people. It's so funny. Like, and pretty much every article about Harvey Glattman, they referred to him, like, they had to mention that he had big ears. <laughs> Right. I like that. Like, I want serial right. killers to be called, like, the, the no one would fuck them killer. Right. Like, I want them to have, like, a shameful yeah, name. I, agree. I feel like that should be the new you way to do You don't get things. to have a supervillain name. No. No. No, come on. You get to have, like, the your b- worst embarrassing thing came on his sheets when he was a kid killer. <laughs> like, right. Whatever. I want them to have humiliating names, not cool names. Right. And not like the ones where, like, BTK, where he picked his own or he no, kept trying to pick his own. You can't pick, pick like, your you own. You don't get to pick your own you nickname don't. or killer name. Yeah. Like, 
So Fuck they, that. I mean, they the cops should have been like, we're not calling you the BTK killer. We're calling you the dumbass little bitch killer. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're repressed religious idiot. <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously, they need to have humiliating names. Yeah. That is literally their biggest fear and problem. Like, right. What led them to this? Like, that little quirk? Like... Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Come on. Come on, guys. You'll pickle dick killer. Yeah. And then no one's going to want to be a pickle dick killer. (laughs) Right. If you see that, it's like, oh, come on. Like, right. Yeah. Who wants that? That's embarrassing. They also called him owl eyed. Wow. I guess that means he had big sunken in eyes, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Did he wear glasses? No. No, he didn't. I guess he just did for that one date or that one. Okay. But the disguise. I guess, yeah. yeah. They said he had bat ears. Bat ears is good. And they said they called him jug-eared a lot. Jug-eared is good. (laughs) That is, you don't hear jug-eared a lot anymore. (laughs) That was that's a throwback. Yeah, it's a throwback. They called him jug-eared a lot. According to the Californian newspaper, this is a quote. Glattman, who exhibited a vein streak by not allowing newspaper photographers to take pictures of him from his bad side, Ugh. or or from above because of a balding spot. <laughs> See, you could totally humiliate this guy right. easily. The newspapers, I'm telling you, they did a way better job at shade. Yeah, back in the day, like yeah. they're too serious now. You need to humiliate these guys oh, in the paper, absolutely. not just be like they're very bad. We know they're very bad. Yeah. Poke on them, poke at their insecurities. Right. Yeah. I need you to dunk on. I love that he thinks he has a bad. It's like all your sides are disgusting. You fucking pig. <laughs> like, <laughs> truly, like what right. is his bad side? What is he, Barbara Streisand? <laughs> Seriously, like what the fuck? Don't take a picture of my bald spot. It's like can you imagine that that's his worry. Like, right. ugh, God, I hate True this guy. Narc. Harvey's attorney wanted him to plead not guilty by reason of insanity. But during a hearing in December, Harvey told the judge that he was absolutely guilty and that he actually wanted to be executed. That is like the ultimate I'm not owned. Yeah. <laughs> truly, but well, honestly, I wanted to I want to be executed. Thank you. I've been waiting for someone to fucking kill me. Like truly. <laughs> yeah. Good. I'm glad he didn't fight it. His one sound judgment. Like <laughs> a psychiatrist was appointed by the defense. And Harvey, because Harvey's lawyer argued that Harvey insisting on the, getting the death penalty clearly indicated that he was insane. However, the psychiatrist found Harvey perfectly sane. He's yeah. like, no, we're not falling for this. Right. Because of Harvey's insistence of his guilt, he waived a trial by jury. And it was basically just the sentencing that was going to be decided by the judge. Okay. It was like they had hearings and stuff. Right. But he didn't... Be, was it for a guilt or not guilty? It was for the sentence. It was for the sentence. So the judge was shown 22 photographs of the victims taken by Harvey, which showed the girls bound and gagged, and also after death, mm-hmm. those all those awful, awful photos. And on December 17th, 1958, Harvey Glattman was sentenced to death by gas chamber. Judge John Hewicker said, some crimes are so revolting... <laughs> Sorry, this quote is so stupid. Some crimes are so revolting that there is only one penalty, the death penalty. <laughs> okay, Judge. He, he really thought he did something there with he that. He thought he had a little turn of phrase, right. but not really. <laughs> There's only one penalty, the death penalty. Like, no. <laughs> no. You can just a little something a little more clever than that. It's not clever enough, Like, judge. I don't like to think of him pausing in between. Yeah, and he did you know? pause. That's how it was written. <laughs> Long pause. <laughs> Makes eye contact with all the reporters. <laughs> the death penalty. And then lays it down. Crickets. Shit. 
should have come up with something better. <laughs> My wife loved it. <laughs> um, yeah, gross. Harvey Glattman was sent to San Quentin and he was executed on September 18th, 1959. Now, we do have a last meal. Oh. I think it's a pretty good last meal. Okay. He had bacon, eggs, fried potatoes, a T-bone steak, and a banana split. <laughs> Jesus, that is a good one. That's a good last meal. It's hearty. Damn. That like I like every single thing he I had. do too. The banana split. Yeah. That's smart. Right. Um wow. Right. That's I mean it's always shocking when they literally are killed like a month later. Always like the death in these penalty old cases. is like there was no, there was like no series of appeals back then. Or if there was, they were really fast. Like They were fast appeals because Harvey wasn't eligible for appeals because he pled guilty, I guess. Or he didn't, maybe he didn't fight it. He didn't fight yeah. it. Maybe, he, maybe I thought appeals now might be like automatic. Like they automatically happen when a death penalty case, like oh. the first one. I think there is something like he that. He did not though. At least in California. He was not fighting it. He was actually a real little brat while he was in jail too. He was like really snobby to the press about like, oh, I can't believe I have to be here on death row with all these death row people. I'm better than them. And they're like, no, you you murdered Ugh, like three the people. Confidence. Yeah, he had so much confidence. He even like threw a tantrum once while he was in his cell. Like he ripped out some like thing that was on the wall and like broke a stool. What a fucking clown. Yeah, he was like such a clown. And like, oh my God. So meanwhile, remember how we were saying like his parents were like so doting on him and Uh stuff? His mom, when he got arrested, he was like, no. The mom was like dumbfounded. Even though her, which is like crazy to me because it's like your son went to prison for assaulting women. Right. Back in New York. Not my little boy who tied his dick to a drawer when he was four. (laughs) Not him. It couldn't be. Like, like, isn't that the moment where you have like the Kaiser Soze moment where you start seeing all the clues add up to this ending? Right. Like, come on. Right. It's not like he was perfectly innocent and lived this life where no one would have guessed. He's always, he's been that way since he was fucking four. Like, you should not be shocked. Right. Even if you didn't see this coming, like once it happened, you should be like, oh, well, yeah. Well, I just think because he was like breaking and entering by the time from he, when he was 13 years old, like he wasn't. Like a well-behaved kid, like he and did he clearly good in- had some sexual deviant like behavior from a right. very young age right. too. Like it's like not that far fetched that he ended up doing what he did. Yeah, like, combined with the robbery and the sexual stuff, it's like yeah, he's a sexual de- deviant criminal. Like right, duh, it makes sense. Like duh, 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 ABC, <laughs> <laughs> it all adds up, bitch. Like right. I'm sorry, it sucks. Yeah, but yeah, your sons. That is literally like the worst nightmare for me to be like a parent who can't accept that there's their child is horrible. Like right. I, I would never want to be one of those like parents sitting in the jury being like, no, it couldn't be like, despite all evidence coming yeah. in. Yeah, like, That's so scary to me to be that like delusional. Like, obviously, do you know what I mean? Like, obviously like I never did anything like hurting other people like this. But when I was like getting in trouble, like a lot and like with the school and with like the law, when I was a teenager, my mom was always like, uh, whenever she'd get the phone call, she'd be like, what did you do? Like, she always yeah. knew. She, like, added it up. Like, she was never, like, dumbfounded right. no, that I, I like did something. No, I feel like you have to. Like, you need to have a clear fucking head in these things. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying you have to hate your child or you can still love them even though no, they're horrible. No, but it was clear but, like, I was yeah. a problem child. So every time right. I would get in trouble with, like, an authority figure, my mom would be like, 
God damn it, yeah. Rachel, again. Um, I did just want to bring up that the reason you did this case was because he was also briefly a suspect in James yes. Alroy's mother's yes, he was. murder. Because it was right around that time, and her murder was obviously not exactly similar, but enough, a she close enough. Strangled. Yeah, she was strangled and dumped and right. like... And sexually attractive uh, woman, like, right? She could have been modeling, like for sure. Uh, so, and he didn't just date models. There was like the divorcee, or like the lonely hearts, right? Whatever. Um, so, yeah, that's sort of how you sort of got inspired to do this. Yeah, case. that's how I got inspired <clears throat> because he was a suspect. Yeah, briefly in James Elroy's mom's murder, but yeah, but he did not do that one. I don't like him. And I'm going to Google tons of pictures of him because I need to see this. There's lots of pictures of huge him. Huge ear ass fucking motherfucker. <laughs> he is an ass. He's an ass. He's an ass motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. He Gross. sucks. I hate him. Yeah. He totally sucks. There actually is another. I, I'm i going to do the other Lonely Hearts Killer at some point because it's a movie is based on it that I really like. like We're going to call this one the Glamour Girl Slayer. Okay. Because I, I feel like it doesn't count. Let's like, separate it. He, but you know what? Does he? He murdered more and attacked more models than he did the Lonely, Lonely Hearts. Hearts. That was one. I think that they just liked. They like that name. The name. The Glamour Girl, Girl Slayer is what I'm going to call it's the episode. It's more specific. Yes. But, and then I'm going to do the Lonely Hearts one at some point. Yeah. Because I love that movie. It's it's like such a B-movie totally. classic. Uh, and it's a crazy story. But yeah. yeah. That was very cool. interesting. I didn't know anything about him. Yeah. I had heard I had heard of him. I knew yeah, his name. Me too. And I knew the Glamour Girl and the Lonely Hearts. Right. And then when I did the James Alroy, obviously, I was like, oh, yeah, this guy. Like, I right. I had him. heard but of I him. But I didn't know his story at all. Right. So that was very interesting. Cool. Yeah. All okay. Right. So check out our Instagram. We won't be posting the horrible photos. But we'll, but we'll post, post pictures. Yeah. Of the fucking motherfucking pickle Hardy. dick killer. Hard. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to call this episode, episode 97, the pickle dick killer. <laughs> and other ones that might be relevant yeah and then also facebook yeah you can talk about it more with us there at hollywood crime scene friends and it's a very nice group of people yep that we curate so that no one's horrible (laughs) (laughs) we do our best yeah we do our best everyone's very nice and fun um yeah that's That's it it. cool bye bye when you make decisions for your company you look for the no-brainers And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.